Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading 2 Kings chapter 7 from the World English Bible. Elisha said, Hear Yahweh's word. Yahweh says, Tomorrow about this time a seah of fine flour will be sold for a shekel, and two seahs of barley for a shekel, in the gate of Samaria. Then the captain, on whose hand the king leaned, answered the man of God and said, Behold, if Yahweh made windows in heaven, could this thing be? He said, Behold, you will see it with your eyes, but will not eat of it. Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. They said to one another, Why do we sit here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we will die there. If we sit still here, we will also die. Now therefore come, and let's surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we will live, and if they kill us, we will only die. They rose up in the twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. When they had come to the outermost part of the camp of the Syrians, behold, no man was there. For the Lord had made the army of the Syrians to hear the sound of chariots and the sound of horses, even the noise of a great army. And they said to one another, Behold, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their donkeys, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. When these lepers came to the outermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and ate and drank and carried away silver, gold, and clothing, and went and hid it. Then they came back and entered into another tent and carried things from there also and went and hid them. Then they said to one another, We aren't doing right. Today is a day of good news and we keep silent. If we wait until the morning light, punishment will overtake us. Now therefore come, let's go and tell the king's household. So they came and called to the city gatekeepers, and they told them, We came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was no man there, not even a man's voice, but the horses tied and the donkeys tied, and the tents as they were. He called the gatekeepers, and they told it to the king's household within. The king arose in the night and said to his servants, I will now show you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we are hungry. Therefore they are gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field, saying, When they come out of the city, we shall take them alive and get into the city. One of his servants answered, Please let some people take five of the horses that remain, which are left in the city. Behold, they are like all the multitude of Israel who are left in it. Behold, they are like all the multitude of Israel who are consumed. Let's send and see. Therefore they took two chariots with horses, and the king sent them out to the Syrian army, saying, Go and see. They went after them to the Jordan, and behold, all the path was full of garments and equipment which the Syrians had cast away in their haste. The messengers returned and told the king, 
the people went out and plundered the camp of the Syrians. So a seah of fine flour was sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel, according to Yahweh's word. The king appointed the captain on whose hand he leaned to be in charge of the gate, and the people trampled over him in the gate, and he died as the man of God had said who spoke when the king came down to him. It happened as the man of God had spoken to the king, saying, Two seahs of barley for a shekel, and a seah of fine flour for a shekel, shall be tomorrow about this time in the gate of Samaria. And that captain answered the man of God and said, Now behold, if Yahweh made windows in heaven, might such a thing be? And he said, Behold, you will see it with your eyes, but will not eat of it. It happened like that to him, for the people trampled over him in the gate, and he died. That is the end of chapter 7. It doesn't say right off in this chapter that Elisha is pronouncing in the presence of the king of Israel, but then in verse 18, it specifically says that Elisha told all of this to the king in Samaria. So we already got a sense of the scale of the famine, the horrible economics of the famine in chapter 6. So here, let's look at the notes in the World English Bible, where it says that one seah is about seven liters or 1.9 gallons. As a bread maker myself, I know that this can make several loaves of bread. And then a shekel is said to be about 10 grams or one third of an ounce of silver. So that's nice, healthy grain, a lot of it available for one shekel compared to the horrible, gross donkey's head that was sold for 80 pieces of silver. Elisha's response to the captain indicates that the man was scoffing, and you can probably tell that from the way I read it. It doesn't seem to have been just in curiosity, but mocking God's prophet. This is not a question like when Abraham and Sarah were saying, how can you do this, God, because we're so old, or Mary in Luke 134, where she honestly wonders how she's going to have a child because she's a virgin. Unfortunately for the captain, his public scoffing lends itself to him being made a public example for mocking God. The scene that the four desperate lepers find is similar to what occurs with King Hezekiah in Judah later in 2 Kings chapter 19. I checked the chronology in the Chronology of the Old Testament book that I have by Dr. Floyd Nolan Jones. And this incident here is about 160 to 170 years before what happens with King Hezekiah in Judah. Another distinction is that here, God is actually more merciful than what will happen to the Assyrian army under Hezekiah. Here, God terrifies the enemy and they flee in abject haste. And this is why there were goods enough the next day for the prices to adjust so precipitously. If the Syrians had taken their things, the people of the city would have had to wait longer for supplies to show up, and if there had been a battle, there probably would have been more destruction of goods. We should not question God in a scoffing or complaining way just because we can't see ahead of time how, we, how he will accomplish what he has declared. The lepers had probably been begging by the gates of Samaria, being destitute and likely shunned due to their condition. While the people of Israel were obviously not following Yahweh and the important parts of the law in many ways, they were probably still shunning the lepers, partly because people usually shun those with contagious or disfiguring ailments, and partly because it's always easier to follow 
the parts of God's commands that seem advantageous or make a person feel better than others. However, the lepers felt enough kinship and ties to Samaria that it seems like they're planning on sticking around. So their consciences are working at the situation from both angles. They note that they aren't doing what is right, and they're concerned about getting punished. I kept being surprised every time the text mentioned the time of day. It is different to imagine them going out in the day versus going out in the dark, which is when they went. And I do hope they squirreled away enough to not have to be beggars anymore. In verse 10, the lepers call to the gatekeepers, which emphasizes that they are locked out of the city. If not for being lepers, then they're locked out because it's night and because everybody's afraid of the Syrians. It's not surprising that the king is suspicious on one hand, but on the other hand, if he trusted Yahweh, his response should have been more of expectation fulfilled. Instead, he is afraid to even open the gate and check and see that there's victory. But his servants know there's really no other choice, and so they hook up those two chariots in hopes of gathering some food. And the state of the Syrian camp and path of flight is described again, so it's very clearly confirmed that what the lepers said was true. And the economics of the situation is reiterated. It's prophesied once and described twice. So the extremes of the changes are made very well known. It's not something to be doubted. Everything seems so great at this point that the king wouldn't have any qualms about sending his big strong guard down to the gate. There's no enemy to fight, just people to direct. It doesn't mention anybody else being trampled, and I know you can't argue from silence, but it's pretty easy to get a picture of this mocker being full of self-importance and bossy to these starving people, but they didn't need him. They needed food, and if they were okay cannibalizing their own children, they seriously weren't going to be stopped by one guard, no matter how big he was. And unfortunately, we have another example where Yahweh opens the windows of plenty, but because of his unbelief, the captain did not partake, and he died. Thanks for listening. See you next time. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 